what's up everybody and happy wednesday today is wednesday september 28th and this afternoon nick sirianni spoke with the philly media and is at the podium with a presser that's locked loaded and ready for you i am your host rachel prevet and this podcast is brought to you by sb nation and bleeding green nation nick sirianni was asked what's impressed him most about Jalen Hurts' development in the passing game. He was asked if Doug Peterson has an advantage by knowing a good amount of the players on the Eagles roster, having coached them in the past. And he also shared his thoughts on the Eagles continuing to let up in the second half. Take a listen. Good afternoon. Hey, Nick, what has uh, impressed you the most about? Sharp, sharp today. Yeah, got TV, so give okay. me a good sound better. Uh, what has impressed you most about Jalen Hurts' development in the passing game in particular? Yeah, again, just the way he's kind of seeing the field right now. You know, he's, he's identifying what's coming, and he's knowing where to go with the football, and then his accuracy has been really really outstanding. So I think his numbers speak for itself as what where we are at this point in the season, and he, he's been – He's been on it. So it's that it's that development that you always want out of every quarterback is to see it faster, to get the ball to the to the guys uh, that the ball is supposed to go to and the coverage that, that they're playing and that it's an accurate ball. And he's and he's continued to improve on those on those things. The guy asked Shane yesterday about, you know, Doug coming in here, Peterson, being familiar with so many of these players and their tendencies and stuff. Do you consider that any sort of tactical advantage for him? Well, I think I think that in the you know we're always talking about constantly improving, constantly improving, constantly improving. I think what we've seen here is I don't know the exact number of guys that are still on the roster from when Doug was here, but uh, you know Jalen to me is a completely different player um, than he was two than he was two years ago, and that speaks volumes to to Jalen. Um, you know, so uh, you know, of course, but the, him knowing some, you know, inside for information on our players, of course, that that's an advantage. Just like it's an advantage when we we find that stuff out too. And so, uh, um, you know, not anything that we have to. It's not like we're using the same words that they used here or, or anything like that. As far as you know, their their defense having some tells at that that goes. But of course, Doug's going to know those guys, and uh, you know, no no intricacies about the, some of those guys. But you know, a lot of them are different players, and and you know, improved players from, you know, just because they've, they've gotten better each day. We, we, we always talk about quarterbacks elevating the talent around them. You're a former receiver. How much can receivers uh, elevate the quarterback? How I think it's both. I, I definitely think it's both. And uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's that's why it's the greatest team game, right? And the quarterback can't be what all he can be if the receiver's not all he can be, if the old line's not all they can be, like all those different things. And that's been a constant message of of what we've been talking about here. And and I'm I'm, I'm alluding to everybody, right? Is the the whole thing of I am because we are, right? And it's it's like the the accolades the guys are getting, you know, each week Brandon, with Brandon Graham, uh, you know getting the off or defensive player of the of the week this week, right? Like that doesn't happen unless the the cover, you know, Brandon obviously had great individual play, but then the coverage was really good, right? And, you know, we won on first down to put him in a third down scenario. And 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 so it's it it is. It's like, yes, the quarterback can elevate everybody. And so can, you know, a good offensive line can elevate everybody. A good receiver can elevate everybody. And so that's why it's just such an ultimate team game. And I think that that's um, you know, that's what's pretty special about this game. Do you think it was difficult to accurately judge your tape after a win 
specifically making sure you don't look at it through kind of rose colored glasses. Yeah, no, I don't think that, I think that, man, I, I've, you guys have heard me talk about coach Karras plenty of times at Larry Karras at Mount union. And, um, there wasn't a, you, you came in there every, every Monday or, and, and, you know, knowing that this is what needs to get corrected. You don't look at it with any color glasses. You look at it with the standard is what it is. And did we meet the standard or did we not meet the standard? And first that, that conversation first happens. And if you live that world, then it doesn't matter what the results were. You're just working on how you get better um, from that. And so that, that standard is not just us as coaches saying that to the players, that standard is also, us as coaches holding ourselves to that standard first. You can't go through the grind of saying we're going to get better every single day and not hold yourself to that standard on offense for or on offense as coaches first. And so um, they're everything. And again, we try to paint a very clear picture to the players, their job description. What's your job description on each individual look? And, you know, did we meet that job description as coaches and players? Yes, we praise. Uh, no, we correct it. And, you know, sometimes I think after a win, it's easier to really get after guys. Right. And it's easier for it's it's just, a, you know, you're you're able to do that. And that's and our, but our, the, what it really comes down to is, did you meet the standard? And if we did. We're high fiving. We're going crazy, just as crazy as we're going. when it's not met. Last week, you said that the, the sacks were going to come for us on. Told us that again in the locker room. They did come in the locker room. Uh, what was it about his film that made you think that they were going to come? You know, obviously the the film of him just even being here in the first place of how good of a football player we know he is um, lets me know that, first of all. Um, secondly, right, we just saw how close he was. And, and um, you know, what was – one thing I do know about defensive end play is that um, that as an offensive coach – like it can be very tempting at times to be like, he hasn't had a sack in three weeks. I'm not going to, I'm not going to help on him. Right. And then boom, it's like an explosion. I mean, that, that is a trap that offensive coaches fall into. And Frank Reich would always talk to me about that. He would talk to me about that. And, and we, I've told you guys before that we, we talked in the, as far as, um, you know, we're in the AFC West back in the day. Every team had really, when we were with the Chargers, every team had really good rushers, right? And then Frank would always talk to me about that with F Dwight Freeney and uh, Robert Mathis, right? When when he was at Indy, it'd be like, all right, they didn't have a second. Bam, they had like four sacks, right? And so that has always stuck with me too. Um, and, you know, with the amount of good rushers that we have and then just seeing the way he was playing, I knew he was close. I knew, you know, obviously we knew he was a good player. We, we know he's a good player. He's We're out in the field with him every single day. And that's just sometimes that's the tendency of, uh, you know, that happens in, in this league with good rushers. Nick, it was kind of unusual you guys get the running game uh, going at all on Sunday. Uh, been rare around here the last couple of years. What did you see watching the film? What was happening there? Uh, you know, again, they did a good job. They, they, I thought they did an outstanding job of doing some different things on the front um, that that made it difficult. They have good players, um, and so and and again, you go into each game with a with a uh, you know with an idea of what you want to do, but that that shifts and that changes. And so 
you know, it was, there, there was some, it was muddy a little bit, right. It was, it was tough and give them credit, uh, you know, give them credit. And we got to put our players in, in better positions to be able to, 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 you know, to do what we want to do in the run game. But, you know, that did open up some things in the past game. And then, and then the game kind of shifted there to what we were, what our emphasis was, you know, and that's, you know, that's a sign we're in the, going in the right direction that it can shift in the sense of, all right, they're stopping the run go to the pass. All right. They're stopping the pass, go to the run. Okay. They're stopping this, go to, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And so I thought that was just, you know, a good job by, by Shane and uh, the offensive coaches of shifting the, the emphasis of what was working. And, uh, but as far as the run game, it was good credit to them, their defensive coaches and their defensive playmakers. Nick, what have you done and said this week about the second half scoring uh, thing? You know, like I said to you guys, uh, earlier it was like we played that we played almost we played pretty opposite of what we did in the in the game before right we were we felt like we took our foot off the gas a little bit and um um in the minnesota game and then and that's me uh that does that's nobody that's not shane i'm not you know that's that's me and then in the next game it's some sometimes it's a natural reaction to 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 do the opposite of what you what you didn't felt didn't think think go you know went well the last game and so we were super aggressive so you know wise man avoids all extremes you're not you're not you're not you don't want to be extreme in anything you do you don't want to take your foot off completely off the gas you don't want to go super aggressive to try to put the game away you want to just continue to do what you you did well understanding that the defense is going to adjust um and so all the things that we've talked we've we've talked through all those things we know we had to be better in the second half and 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 obviously that starts with coaching it's the, of coaching coaching. Changes. it's the nature of coaching changes that most new coaches take over for guys who lose and they try to change everything over whatnot. It was a different situation here. How did you navigate that, especially with, you know, leftover or, or actually said holdover staff or players, people of that nature? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we went through our process with everything as far as, okay, let's, let's go through the staff process. We knew how good I knew, I knew how good of a coach stout was to keep, you know, and, and TJ Pagnetti and, and Roy, um, we knew how good of coaches they were, and we wanted to keep them on staff. And and then as far as the players, again, same it's the same process there. But knowing that, you know, knowing that Howie had a good feel of obviously of every player, right? It, you know who was here, and we were just that's just that communication of, you know, you know, keeping the guys that you you wanted to keep, and um, and so a lot of good players obviously held held over from from. Uh, um, the previous previous staff and I guess I've said this plenty of times that um, I wasn't like a, a first year head coach last year in the sense of what what usually happens when a first year head coach is there is they're not they're not great on the O-line D-line because that's where you, you win football games and I had quite the opposite uh, quite the opposite um, uh, scenario as a first time, you know, first year head coach and a tribute to the players that we have at those positions, you know, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Isaac, you know, all the Jordan, uh, all the defensive linemen too with Fletch and Hargrave and uh, BG and Derek and, you know, and, and sweat. I mean, gosh, I mean, it's unbelievable how good of job, how good of players they are at those positions and how good Howie and his staff have built this team. Yeah, you know, we didn't cross over with him as much last year, so I don't have as much studying on, on him as last year. You know, I don't have as much, you know, obviously we looked at some this year uh, of last year. Um, but, you know, you see a, a guy that, 
you know, was picked first in the draft for a reason, right? And and he was the biggest talk, right, last year uh, coming out of Clemson and, and for good reason, right? He was a heck of a football player, um, had a great college career. Um, and, you know, he's he's showing all those things now. I mean, he's a, he's a really good football player. And, he, and you saw some of that too, um, you know, at, at spurts last year, you know, and, and definitely stretches at the end of the year where he played really, really outstanding. And so, and then he's just building on that. And so this is a good football player and, you know, really talented, uh, you know, and, you know, a, a lot of people say once in a lifetime, uh, you know, quarterback prospect. And so we, we see all the talent that he has and uh, we're going to have to be on it and, and uh, make sure we get, get some stops on him. Well, we got so you had a question. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, Looking at the national narrative, right? You guys are 3-0, one of two undefeated teams. It's starting to blow up and it's starting to build. What is your message to the team and how do you toe the line of having them play with confidence as we see them do and getting caught into the hype? Sure, yeah. I, that That's something when you're only – when you're concerned about getting better every single day, it's, it's in, and your sole focus is how do I get better? 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 It is easier to block out, block out noise, whether that's people telling you how good you are, people telling you how bad you are. A clip that we showed today uh, was of Tiger Woods and, and how, when he was on the top, and this is what we showed in our team meeting today, when he was at the top of his game and playing as good a golf as anybody's ever played, uh, ever right he was still obsessed with getting better and he says that i'm obsessed with getting better i'm obsessed with being you know the best and and you know that's a guy that was playing the best golf of anybody ever and what a great example for us right we can learn so many good things from uh what not to do and what to to do what to do and today you know last week it was a kobe bryant uh film and you know this week it's a, it was a, a a tiger woods film of just how am i going to improve my swing today you know, to make sure that I'm getting better, even though I'm I'm playing pretty good right now. And that and and I want them to know that I'm doing that. Like there's things that happen in that game that I was not comfortable with. There's things that I'm obsessed with getting better at um, as the head coach um, to make sure that we're prepared to play and, and the different different things. So first, we got to live that as coaches. We got to preach that, uh, you know, through our, our word of mouth and then other great people like Tiger Woods's word of mouth. And, and then we got to accomplish that.